1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The pitch. A swing. Fly ball. Center field. Galvis out. Mullins in. He puts it away. It is over. It is over. It is over. As the Orioles say goodbye to the 14-game slide, they kick it to the curb. And the Orioles, for the first time since May 16th, put one in
2: the win column as they take down the Twins 7-4 tonight at Camden Yards. Jeff Arnold on the call as the 14-game w- losing streak comes to an end. almost a winning streak. Losing streak comes to an end. And Jeff Arnold, it is a Wednesday, so he joins us now. And, and Jeff, we talked earlier uh, about the fact that uh, it seemed cathartic for the players it sounded like it was a little cathartic for for you and brett last night too it can't be fun calling loss after loss well
1: kenny sunshine um <laughs> there's not a whole lot of sunshine when it's a 14 game losing streak no matter who you are yes. um and, and you know what like we're not on the field but it's very different when you're calling uh a 14 game losing streak because You know, you you just you you were in so many tight games, and and I felt really rather cruel and unusual the way that that losing streak went down, where you had opportunities and you were in Washington and you scored a lot of runs, but you couldn't hold the lead, and then you go to Minnesota and you couldn't manage to score enough runs, and then you go to um, and then you go to Chicago. You were in every game and you just couldn't score enough runs, and finally last night they got their frustration out in one inning and. They also uh, pitched well. Zimmerman had a really good day. It was nice to see Cole Sulser get his first save of the year and get used in a, a high-leverage spot after he's been pretty good since the start of the season. So um, it, it's definitely not the same as being a player. And, you know, me and Brett would never, or anybody would ever confuse ourselves with experiencing up in the booth what everyone's kind of experiencing down on the field. But, you know, just listening to Brandon Hyde and just some of the other players, it, it, the, the frustration was palpable. And I think for the fan base, it was beyond palpable um, with what everybody was going through at the time. And so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's, a, it's a losing streak that you were ready to to kick to the curb, I think, as I said, mm-hmm. and to just forget that it ever happened.
0: Well, and and um, you mentioned Zimmerman, and, and I think there's two times now through where, where he's given you, I think, about all you could probably expect at, at this, you know what I mean, at this point in his career and with the way things have been going. Now, I will admit Um, I was at a a little league playoff game, um, 8-9 rec league, where the final (laughs) inning took until uh, dusk. So I did not get to see every pitch uh, early on as much as I would like. But from listening to you Mm. and from what I saw, it seemed like he was getting more swings and misses and more swings and misses with with the secondary stuff, right? Not just relying on fastball movement or fastball location.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, his um, he got swings and misses on the changeup. He was getting some guys to go below the zone, which was great, and he was really getting guys to go go below the zone in his sliders. So he was getting he was getting that for chase. He was throwing it in the uh, the upper 80s, and I thought it was it was great to see how he was using that pitch. And a lot of guys were swinging and missing, and he was pitching inside to right-handed batters. And just overall, I thought he mixed really well, worked both sides of the plate, sustained his velocity. It, it seemed like once again, which is something that they were were hopeful he was going to be able to do, and part of the reason why they, they sent him down before. Um, but there was definitely some, some good stuff from Brazil. And I thought he threw world really well against the White Sox. He just huh? faced Dylan Cease, who had his A stuff going. But, but then you take a look at the way he pitched last night. I thought he had all his pitches going, and it was great to see another guy pitch into the sixth inning um, because that's now each of the last two days um, where a guy has gone into the sixth, mm-hmm. and uh, his name has not been John Means either time.
2: Jeff, the Cedric Mullins catch, and Cedric, what a what a start to the game for him. He he triples, yeah. he singles, he steals a base, he scores two runs, and and then he makes a catch. And, and I was sitting to the right of the dugout last night, and when that in the ball- first row, yeah, Jeff, yes, in, in the first row, in the, first in row. Row. In, in the very first yeah, row. Yeah, thank you, David Dobkin. And and, and <laughs> when the ball left the bat, I, I didn't think he had a chance in hell of catching that ball. It just, it, from your vantage point, did you think he was going to catch that? Mm, well, with Cedric Mullins, I don't think you leave
1: anything out of the realm of possibility because of some of the plays that he's made. But that's easily the best catch I've seen in the last two years since I've been here. And Brian Hyde said it's the best catch he's seen in the last three years. And you know, a number of people that were asked about the game said it's one of the greatest catches that they've ever seen. And the thing about it was that that was his really second great catch of the inning. You know, he had another one where he had to come sprinting in to make the play. But this is a guy that, I think he's going to win a gold glove at some point. I think he's going to win multiple gold gloves, to be honest with you. And when the ball gets hit out to center field, um, any pitcher has a pretty good feeling that it's going to be caught. And the way that he, not only the distance that he traveled, but he has to go into a slide. He's dealing with the warning track. He's got to compete with the wall. That's that's just so difficult. But, you know, I, I don't really get all that surprised by anything he does defensively anymore.
0: Well, I was messing around this morning and I'm like, let me see where left side set is doing among all American League center fielders. Check this out here, Jeff OPS, second, 842. Runs, tied for third with 27. Walks, tied for second with 21. Trout has 27. Batting average among AL center fielders, first, 299. At-bats, first, 211. On-base percentage, first, 363. Hits, first, 63. Doubles, tied for first with 14. Stolen bases, first, with nine. Triples, second, with three. Slugging percentage, fourth, 479. Extra base hits first. Got to get this guy to the All Star game. No, I mean, look, Trout's been hurt, yeah. right? And I know this Adolos Garcia thing, hurt. right? This Garcia thing with with the Rangers is amazing. He's got sixteen home runs, but he's not getting on base as much as Cedric. He's not doing in the outfield what Cedric does, and we know Cedric's doing all this with most of the year with Trey Mancini and nobody else hitting behind him, and he's still up there and runs, and he, he's getting on base so much. I mean, that's legit.
1: And you can't leave out the way he's hit left-handed pitching. Yep. Really good left-handed pitching. That's another thing you got to consider. The fact that this is the first time that he's hit left on left since his junior year of high school. So he's not only been among the best left-handed hitters among left-handed pitchers. He's been among the best against left-handed pitchers in general. So that really goes to show what kind of year he's had. Um, you got to consider that. You got to consider the defense. You got to consider how he's the table setter. I mean, he's got, I think what 18 hits in the first inning. That's the most by any player in any individual inning in baseball. So he's on a, an almost, um, almost immediately the guy that's going to be out on first base. Now, whether he scores or not right. as I pointed it out, there's been some inconsistency there, but at the very least, you have a pretty good sense that he's going to be on first base. And the other thing too, is, you know, I know he had a bunt single in the, the last game of the white Sox series, but he's been swinging the bat and driving the ball to all fields and showcasing power. And, He hasn't even gotten a bunt a whole lot, so the fact that he's putting all those numbers up, the defense that he's playing, I think he's an all-star. And you know how that's all going to work out, we're not really sure. But you got a couple of guys in this Orioles team playing like all-stars, and I think more than one should be going.
2: Talking to Jeff Arnold, Orioles Radio. It's Inside Access. Jason Lockerford, Ken Wyman. Uh, Jeff, I want to go back to Monday. The warning track is there for a reason. <laughs> I'm just oh, curious your reaction when you saw Ref Snyder just try to run through the wall like that and then to see the uh, the grounds crew kind of troll him yesterday afternoon I thought was pretty funny.
1: Well, I, I think I've seen that by another team that's done that before, and I think I've seen other teams do that too. But, yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is, Rob Rostanda, that's the first game he's ever played in center field at Camden Yards, and I and I'm a believer, and I think I said it on OBT last night that you know the warning track is there for a reason, <laughs> um, yes. but I, you know some of it is the way I guess that the wall is angled out at Camden Yards with how it's all set up there in center field, so he just didn't realize that it was right on top of him when when he got there, but um, you know it, it sounded like that collision. Exacerbated a, a quad injury, so that's why he got scratched late last night. But um, yeah, I, it, it looked really bad. I mean, we've had—I we, think I said it on, on the broadcast on on Monday. We've had a couple of those the last two years. I mean, Jake Marisnick had one with the Mets when they were in town last year. So maybe maybe it has something to do with the, the way that the wall is kind of angled in center field. Um, but I still am a big believer that you know the warning track should be your indicator that that wall is showing up pretty soon. Um, and I know he was going at full speed, but um, you know, I think some of it is just due to the fact that he hadn't played center field at Camden yards before and he hasn't played a whole lot of center field and um, so I'm 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 glad that uh I'm glad that, you know, the reason why he was scratched yesterday wasn't because of a concussion or anything like that. But but yeah, that was uh that was one where um <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. I know some of the twins didn't really feel that way when they put the, the marking of him up there, but, yeah, I get over uh, it. But yeah, when you when you get onto that track, yeah, you got to know that the wall is right there.
2: Well, Jeff Arnold, I, I'd love to be able to continue this this interview, but uh, unfortunately, Cordell, <laughs> it is over. <laughs> yes, uh, it, 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 it is over.
1: Uh, so, oh my God, you guys, are you guys going to like keep that for eternity? Oh, absolutely. What do you <laughs> think,
0: yeah. Cordell? Uh, for, for it t- is. Over. Yes, yes, it's never over. Yes, <laughs> it is over, <laughs> as Jeff Buckley well, once saying. Yeah. Well, it just
1: it's just what came out. I, I mean, no, it was awesome. It, it's dude, awesome, dude. It was
0: awesome, awesome. It was
1: awesome. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's. I think I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of fans kind of felt that way. Oh yes, time for this yeah. thing to be over because yes, you know it, it was it was, a, it was a rocky stretch, and I think what made it hurt all the more was that you were in so many games and you had so many chances and you just couldn't get a break, and finally when they got that. When they got that four-run third inning last night, I'm like, okay, I think things might turn around. Zimmerman was was dealing, and um, good to see them get a, get a win.
2: That's nice, but it is over. Okay, you Jeff. spoke for all of us, yes. brother. Yeah. Jeff Jeff Arnold, always a pleasure. Orioles and Twins game three. Orioles can win the series with a win tonight. Jeff and Brett Hollander will be on the car, call first pitch seven o five here on the Fan. Jeff, as always, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk next week.
1: All right, fellas. We'll catch you later. Thanks, brother.
2: Have a good game. Yes, it is inside access. Jason Lockenfora, Ken Wyman. The NBA is having a bit of a problem during this postseason. As fans have come back into arenas. Fans want to, like, become part of the game, it seems. and Not in a good way. Yeah, not in a good way at all. And what, what can they do more than what they are doing? We, we're going to try to come to a conclusion here. That's next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman.